Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina and I'm following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And this episode is very special because it's the very first solo episode of the year. Like the last solo episode I did was before Christmas, uh, just kind of wrapping up the season, wrapping up the year. But yeah, this is a, <laughs> we're back with another solo episode. I felt like it was, it was a while since I was just kind of talking to you guys. So here we are, we're back with the solo episode. And so we're gonna be talking about how you can turn your customers from liking your product or service to loving it. You know, changing that word like to love. Uh, I, I, wrote, I recently wrote a blog post about it and people loved it. So I was like, why why not express that to you guys? Because I feel like, you know, audio over podcasting might be really useful for you guys. Also revealing the launch of my own business, Wing, and how you can get involved. I'll be using this, I'll be using a framework also um, to help you map out your business values to make your customers love you and outcompete the competition. And I'll be using Wing as a, an example so you guys can kind of see how I've kind of framed it. Um, you know, with the feedback that we've already got to make them, you know, make our customers like the product and now loving it, uh, hopefully in the future, and how you guys can do the same. So yeah, really, I think it'll be a really helpful episode because the blog post that I did, uh, check out my blog if you haven't already, by the way, but the blog post that I did, it did really well. So I thought, yeah, why not expand on it in the podcast? Before we go on, this brings me to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you. This week, though, it's not going to someone who left a written review on Apple Podcasts. It's going to someone else because they shared the podcast on LinkedIn. Um, it goes, it's going to the British Design Fund. After the episode that I did with Josh uh, last week, really great episode, by the way, how you can basically use like Lean Startup and all that stuff in creating a physical product. You know, I've done software before. There's been a lot of software on the podcast before. But this was with a physical product, an actual hardware product. He makes foldable bike or scooter helmets. So yeah, I think it'd be really useful if you guys haven't checked that out to check it out already. And British Design Fund, which is a big fund that supports a lot of hardware businesses, gave us a share on LinkedIn and loads of people could check out the podcast from there. So I basically wanted to give them a shout out to say thank you to for doing that. It was really, really nice of them for doing that. Anyways, if you do want to feature in next week's episode, in the form of a shout out. Next week, by the way, it's a very exciting guest. It's, oh, shall I reveal it? Yeah, fuck whatever. It's a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur, social enterprise as well. Like, you know, I, I love social enterprises. So it's a really good episode. I'm not gonna reveal too much. You guys just have to wait and see, um, build the suspense. So anyways, let's get on with this episode. All right, so let's get into this solo episode. <laughs> it is a bit weird just me talking. Uh, to myself in front of a mic, you know, empty room as well. I'm literally talking to no one, just, it's literally just me. So let's jump in. So I want to kind of talk about different frameworks you can use to kind of change the the word like from your customers to the word love. And it's a very difficult thing. Like, uh, And it's really useful as well. Like once they, once they turn that word like into love, it really becomes ingrained in their lifestyle. And assuming you are a scalable business, that would be, you know, that, that is a sweet spot right there because if some people love it and they can't kind of live without it, then you can get more people on, more people on. And that is, that's pretty much, you know, amazing. I mean, even even like Larry Page, the the old CEO of um, of Google, the way that he would kind of evaluate startups that they wanted to acquire as a company, um, you know, the billion dollar valuations and stuff, the reason, the way that he would evaluate it is is to go through this test called the toothbrush test, where he'd say, "Is this a product, service, business that people would use on a daily basis, either once or twice a day?" 
And if it's got the potential of doing that, then he'd say, this has got the potential of being a billion dollar company. And think of think of like all the companies that, that satisfy that test. You know, you're talking about, okay, of course, Google themselves, but you're also talking about like Netflix, you're talking about uh, Facebook, YouTube, you're talking about all these guys that I know YouTube is owned by, by Google, but of course they bought them based on, you know, the toothbrush test. So if you can turn your, your business into like, from like to love, you could really go, you know, be on your way to satisfying that toothbrush test. But of course, another step in that is actually kind of building a product or service that really kind of outcompetes your competition in different places where your customers really choose where the value is going to be set. I know that sounds a bit confusing now, but we will go into a very easy sort of strategy that you can use that we use for Wing um, that we feel like has been pretty successful. So I think before we jump into the frameworks and all that stuff, but I think it'd be really good is for me to kind of explain what, what Wing is before we kind of use Wing as a as a case study of using the, these frameworks that obviously you can use in your business as well. So what is Wing? So basically I started Wing because I hated paper business cards. Like they're just so outdated, they're boring. And like before, you know, not many people know this, but they're they're massively environmentally harmful. What is the first thing you get? What's the first thing you do when you, when you get given a paper business card? Like you throw it away, right? And that that is pretty harmful to the environment. People don't really realize it, but like before COVID, the amount of business cards that would get thrown away on a daily basis would equate to about a thousand trees being cut down a day. That's like that's like pretty pretty criminal, right? And like for young people as well, like there needs to be a better way for to transfer contact info. And so we created we created a wing a card that's powered by the same technology as apple pay or google pay so contactless technology you can basically tap your tap the wing card on someone else's phone and here's the magic bit all the all the information that you would find on a traditional business card such as you know your phone number and email address uh, they would pop up on their phone but also so much more than that so you can you can customize it with like different backgrounds but but more than that you can you can put like your your instagram link you could put your i don't know linkedin link you could even put like a, a link to your portfolio if you're a graphic designer you could even put like your videos if you're if you want to show that if you're a youtuber whatever like it's completely customizable to you and the, the cool thing about that is that you only need to have one card one wing card and and that will basically do you forever because you can change you can change your profile as you develop, as you want to, you know, share more information. So literally our, our motto is you only need one card for life because that, that's true. So you don't need to order thousands of paper business cards again. And then, you know, once you kind of get, got promoted or whatever, you want to change it, you have to order an, an, like an, another thousand because your, your, your job ties have changed. With this, it's completely customizable. You only need one forever. So we built the preface on that. And so we launched like what was it a few months ago now and like we've done it's been pretty good like we sold we sold quite a few cards like we're pretty close to landing our first sort of b2b client which would be really cool and yeah it's been pretty good so far but i think more than anything we've learned a lot about what our customers value and this is something that's really really important for you guys so so I think now is probably the best time to go through the steps. So these are the steps that we used a, a, a bit a bit after our launch to actually evaluate sort of how we can change that word like, because people are liking it, but we want to, to, to know how we can go from like to love. Because at the end of the day, once they love it, like that, that is amazing for us as a business. So the first step that we had was to define our value proposition. So this is very simple. Well, 
it's simple, but then it gets quite complicated quite quickly. The first question is, why do your customers choose you? And it's a question that you should constantly be asking yourself. It encapsulates factors such as, you know, pricing, competitors, differentiation, and the benefits you generate, of course. And like we'll talk about that a bit later. It's a huge kind of concept to, to tackle. And, and so we found it really helpful to kind of use a framework. And I've, I've got a link to this in my blog. It's a value proposition flame framework uh, to actually break it down. So there's different segments to this, such as um, problem, competitors and alternatives, benefits, uh, customer segments that you're, that you're tackling. Um, I've, got, I've got an actual link to that on my blog that if you guys want to fill that out. But I think the most important one that people don't really realize is the competitors and alternatives section. So think about this, right? If your customers have a problem, they are most definitely trying to find a solution for it. This is, this is you know, irrespective of, of what the problem is. It could be anything. And at the end of the day, your startup is there to solve that problem, right? So if that's if your startup wasn't there, that but that that problem will still be will still exist, obviously. So if your problem if your customers have a problem, they're most definitely trying to find a solution for it. And if not, there are, this is is for one of two reasons. So either the problem doesn't exist in the first place. This is a problem for you because if you if you put a product out there, no one's actually going to buy it, or like they might buy it, but they won't love it. They'll never love it because there's no problem there for you, your your solution to solve, right? So you won't get any product market fit whatsoever, which is bad. You're not scalable. You like there's no way. And or all, all, all the second reason is that the problem isn't big enough for them to care about. This as well is is a difficult one. So they might like your solution. You might get a few sales, but they won't care enough about it to fall in love with the product, right? So think about this, right? Like we're not just talking about competitors here. We're talking about alternative methods that they could use. So I think a good example would be someone who was on my podcast before, Arminder Singh Dillon, episode 14. He was the youngest ever person to get investment onto, on, on Dragon's Den. Uh, he was 15 years old at the time. It's pretty crazy. That's one of a very, it's quite an old episode of mine, but it's a good example to use in this context. If you do want to listen to that episode, he talks about all the, you know, the whole journey of going onto Dragon's Den and all that stuff. It's really interesting. You got three of the dragons involved. So and it's still going now. But anyway, he had a product that basically cleans your football boots like with the mud and all that stuff. So basically, it's, it's basically like a, a bottle of water with like bristles on the end to basically like scrub the scrub the mud and stuff off it. Now, for him, when you if if he was to do this sort of framework and to look at the the sort of competitors and alternatives, of course, like for him, it would be the competitors. He'd probably look at the market and see like other other companies doing something similar to him, but the alternatives are something that people don't really look at. So for him, he'd look at, say, other ways that people clean boots. So that could be literally using a sponge. It could be using, I don't know, just be like putting it underwater. So it could be like different things, but like those those products aren't actually being designed for those boots, if that makes sense. However, you have to make a product that's so easy for them to switch from that solution that might that might not solve every single bit of their problem. Like it might be too expensive or it might be too, you know, inconvenient or it might be too whatever. So your product basically has to make that, you know, problem solving aspect as easy as possible is what I'm trying to say. If if a lot of these alternatives exist. So for Wing, 
we first considered other companies selling contactless business cards, of course, and there are quite a f there are quite a few across the world. But of course, this wasn't inclusive enough because we should have we should I think we did actually we considered other methods people were using to co to exchange contact information. So this could be obviously paper business cards, but also more than that, it could be exchanging contact details verbally, like just literally saying your phone number out loud. It could be a LinkedIn QR code. It could be from memory, right? All of these different things are different ways that people exchange contact information. And if those if those sort of solutions that they kind of made for themselves, if they're already tackling that problem well enough, then there's no real space for us to come in, even though we're a slicker solution or it might look a bit better. But if, I mean, they don't really care about it if it's being solved well, you know? So, but of course, with each one of those, you know, alternatives, there is a problem. There is like a problem associated with that. So paper business cards, we talked, talked about before, massive ways, they're outdated. They're just a bit uncool. Exchanging verbally, uh, well, like obviously it's slow. You can't exchange like loads of different things. You can exchange like a few different things in, in a short space, space of time. LinkedIn QR codes, not many people know that exists. And it's literally just for your LinkedIn. It doesn't encapsulate all your other contact information, like even your phone number and, and your email address, right? And memory, well, I don't know about you, like short-term memory for me is a is a problem. So <laughs> I don't think I don't think that, that will work out for for the majority of people. However, like my my grandparents, weirdly, they they remember a lot of phone numbers just the top of their heads because they've been forced to. But like for, for younger people, I don't even remember my mum's phone number, right? So so yeah, that, that, that's a problem there. So that brings me to step two. So once we've kind of concluded step one, kind of mapped out the alternatives that exist and the competitors that exist, the other, the, the next step here is to map your competitive dynamics. So once we have a list of different direct competitors and the alternatives, so for our, for our Minder and Boot Buddy, it would be like other competitors doing it, as well as like sponge, water, like the different things. For us, it would be, paper business cards such as like Vistaprint or Moo. And then the other sort of direct competitors that we have in, in the market for us. So like other companies doing it literally the, the exact same thing as us, like very similar product. So this is the next step that's really cool. I don't think many people teach you this, but we, we mapped them out using predetermined metrics that we gathered from a focus group of potential customers. So let me break that down a bit more. So we got some potential customers um, and also some customers that have bought before. So all our customers that, that that buy from us, just a bit of background, they have the option to to join our Slack channel. And in that Slack channel, they can basically give us feedback based on the card experience. So that's like our first bit of like our, our call of what is important to them. So it could be, you know, the, the, quali the quality of the card itself. It could be the quality of the profile that they have, the customizability. It could be, I don't know, the compatibility with a lot of different people's phones. It could be a lot of different things, like maybe trying to look cool, cost of, of course as well. There's a load of different like bits of these, these metrics. And obviously you pick and choose which ones are the most popular. So I think we broke it down by uh, price, environmental impact, design, customizability and premium feel. So those are the, those are the the five uh, metrics that we that we gathered from our potential and pre-existing customers. So these are the things that are most important to them. And that's that's the important part for you as a business. You you want to evaluate aspects and factors that are most important to your customers. You don't want to just pick fact random factors out there that don't really that your customers don't really care about, right? So is that that's the important thing. And as well like this is important that you're using your customers or like whatever group you're using because there's no bias from us as founders. Like for me, 
I'd probably pick different facts, different factors compared to what our our um, customers picked, but just because like I have a bit of bias, and it's just me, right? So the way you kind of get around that is you can open, you can ask simple like open-ended questions, like what factors are important to you when ordering a paper business card and stuff like that, right? The way that you get them, uh, I won't go through like just ask very open-ended questions. Whatever words or factors come up quite regularly, then you kind of like pick and pick them and. Obviously, the most the ones that come up the most, you can you can you can pick them, right? I I'd probably recommend five. I, I think the top five is probably the most important. Obviously, you can go as granular as you want. You can, you can have ten factors. You can have twenty. You can have as many as you want, right? But yeah, I, I we went with five just because we thought it'd be easiest. So of those five that we that I, that I told you guys about, we literally make a graph. So on the x-axis, we would have the so the x-axis is the bottom one. <laughs> we'd have the different factors. So we'd have like price, environmental impact, design, customizability, and premium feel. And then on the y-axis, uh, we'd have the offering level. So this is the the like basically how well each competitor and each alternative is hitting each one. So the the higher you are on that offering level axis the better you're, you're kind of hitting that factor. So for price, the, the the cheaper you are. For environmental impact, the the lowest environmental impact that you can do. Customizability, you've got like, you, people can customize everything and then that will be really high on the, on the offering level, right? So we basically mapped out the different alternatives and the direct competitors. And we found like, there are, there, are, there are some aspects that they're kind of like not doing well on. So obviously the paper business card players are doing poorly on the environmental impact, right? They're doing a little bit through like recycled, recycled, recycled paper business cards, right? But the majority of them, like obviously it's paper. It's not that great. You have to order thousands of them. Like it, it doesn't really work well. Premium feel, this is another one our direct competitors weren't doing too well on. Um, and we thought that, you know, it might be a massive gap for us to move into. So you basically map out, you know, visually, go to my blog if you, if you want to see like how it looks with different colors, depending on like which, which competitor it is. So like for, for us, like one competitor could be like blue, the next competitor could be like orange and like we could be green, right? And basically you could say, you know, where are we at the moment? How, which factors are we doing well on at the moment? If, if any, like your first product might not hit any of them very well. And where do we want to, which aspect, which factor do we, do we want to compete on? And it could be all five or it could be like three or four, right? But it's completely up to you where you kind of see the gaps being and where you can kind of play. But remember, like if you think about this, right? If you outcompete the existing players on those factors that your customers value highly, then of course your customers will move to you um, because your product hits hits their pain points the most, you see? That's why it's really important to do this because if you're kind of online with all your other competitors, if you're kind of like the same sort of like offering level as the alternatives as well as your direct competitors, then it's like, yeah, they, they might buy your product, but for them it's like, I like it, but it doesn't really, like, it's all, it's all right. But if you kind of out, if you kind of offer a, a higher offering level, on all these different factors, four or five, three or four, whatever, then that that word like will turn into love for sure because you're the only player doing that at that at that point in time. So for us, we really wanted to compete on on four or five different um, factors, and the customers choose that. Remember, so it's it's very well informed. 
So step three, so now that we know kind of which aspects we want to play on, which factors we want to play on, now it's time to consider what what value is as a word. Like the word value is pretty vague, right? And often pretty objective, de- objective, subjective, depending on who you ask. And so, but what actually is it, right? Like how would you conceptualize it in your mind? Because obviously people say they want to deliver value, but what does that actually mean, right? And I think what's important here is to consider it in terms of your customer's mind, as always, right? You should always do that. And kind of an easy way that I kind of think about it is value should be the benefits. You could literally do a mathematical equation, right? Value equals benefits minus costs. And if you want to break that down, the the benefits boils down to how well you solve the problem, right? But it's 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 more than that. So of course it's that fact is those factors that you hit, but it's more it's more kind of emotional than that. Like people I remember reading like a Harvard professor said up to ninety five percent of your purchasing decisions are made of un- unconscious urges, the biggest of which is emotion, right? Primal we're all primal. People don't really realize this, but primal urges really drive our decision making. And this kind of thought process really provided us a mindset shift of where we want to be as Wing. Before we kind of saw Wing's benefits as environmentally friendly, so no need to order thousands of paper business cards, one card for life, all that stuff that I said before. Customizable because they can design their profile and the physical card eventually. Like we're, we're going to offer a metal card soon that will be engraved. Very easy for you to customize that and that would look really cool. And obviously that high quality and premium feel. But essentially, we fell into that trap of thinking about functionality, features, characteristics, and all that stuff as benefits, right? But it's 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 far more deeper than that, and it's more visceral than that. That's, and that's the step that you have to make to go from like to love. Now, think about this, right? Customers care more about primitive urges. They care more about being happier. They care more about having more time or freedom. They care more about feeling better as individuals or looking better, right? Standing out from the crowd, overcoming fears, having fun, you know, laughing, um, even like, you know, flirting or having sex, right? Those are different things. You no, know, sex industry is worth, worth billions of pounds. So all these different vis- visceral emotions and feelings, that should really inform your benefits to your customers, right? With that lens, you have to kind of shift shift what you deliver. So for us, we with those same benefits, right? So environmentally friendly, customizable, and high quality and premium feel, it was a bit of a mindset shift because we went from, so let's break that down individually, the, the three of them. So environmentally friendly. So instead of that, instead of saying no need to order thousands of paper business cards, we're now kind of going around the path of feeling better personally and less guilty because you're minimizing your impact on paper waste and the planet as a whole, right? And then the customizability aspect. So having more freedom with how you can express yourself and obviously meeting your friends and meeting new people. That's really important to people, right? They want to, they want to, you know, have more freedom, expression and all of that stuff, right? That a lot of other players might not offer. And obviously that high quality and premium feel, looking and feeling better when you can kind of network and standing out from the crowd, you know, being being elevated as a person, feeling feeling better, right? These are all visceral things. These are all emotions. And so once you kind of hit that, it's 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 pretty good, right? Like people change, people are like, wow, this is actually this is impacting my mental health, this is impacting my mind, it's impacting like how I feel about myself. So all these things 
a product can actually make you feel like that, right? Like it's it's not it's not out of this world. Like when think about this, right? When you open a new iPhone and you take that and you take that, obviously I'm an iPhone user, right? And you take that like plastic thing off, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Like you feel happy, right? And Apple's actually one of these brands that hits that hits that uh, primal urge really, really well. So I feel like you have to hit that, right? If you want to change the word like to love. And then obviously that you've got the cost aspect. So this isn't just the financial cost associated with buying your buying your product or service, but it's also stuff like switching costs, effort to set up and all that stuff, right? That you might not think about. So if there's competitors out there that have, have locked their clients down, you know, for a year or two years with like contracts, right? It's not it's not uncommon. It could happen. Then it's quite difficult for you to come in because you're there's a high cost of switching from them to you, right? Even if you're hitting all those different factors better than the competitor that we mentioned before. So in that aspect of your value would be quite small because like overall it's an it's a net it might be a net loss, right? Because they have to pay a lot of money to switch from from your competitor to you. But also that also encapsulate like the amount of time that they have to that they have to invest. So for us it would be it spends they have to take a lot of time to make a new profile, right? If they switch from from a competitor to us. And we kind of we 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 have that in our mind. So we're like how can we make that that switching from a competitor to us easier. Um, so like basically making it easier for people to make their own profiles, right? Suggesting suggesting new features and all that stuff, suggesting new links, um, whatever. And then the final step. So this has been a really fun solo episode, by the way. And I hope you guys have found value. So the, four, the fourth step, and that's probably, the, probably the, the most exciting part, is to actually test and build. Um, our very first version of wing and i actually put a few polls out there on my on my podcast uh instagram for the first version of wing different logos and all that stuff that was in like january right and we were using other people's software to showcase the concept online and to our early group um, that we created on slack that i mentioned before and with every iteration our product has improved and it's been informed by our customer launch group which grows more and more once we've improved our product right and there's also like a bit of word of mouth there because we build we build capabilities based around our launch groups they get happy right we're making our existing customers happy just because we want to play on that word of mouth but also because we want to offer a better service to other customers that would be that would be like-minded to them and it's allowed us to kind of re-evaluate re our metrics to um, to map a more redefined value curve diagram that, that we talked about in um what was it step two um i think it was yeah step two and then also the process repeats itself until we have a product people can't live without people love people can't live without it people love it either way you're on to a brilliant idea basically so those are the four steps that we're using for wing and we're kind of i'd say on step four now but it's a repetitive process that's the thing like you don't finish here like from here we'll go, we'll go from step four to step two once again and we're kind of like reevaluate things as we go this isn't this isn't a dumb process it's ongoing right like every company has to go through this and the the luxuries of a startup is that it's quicker right you can test and build probably quicker than bigger companies because it's more you know bureaucratic i guess so if you do want to check out wing uh see where we're at, at the moment or you want to la- like join our launch group pretty thrive thriving group and obviously like we'll build in new features for you like new backgrounds or new features like we've built in like two new features for people on our launch group already then yeah just just i think yeah go on our go on our wing wingcard.io um instagram it's at wingcard.io and just click on the link there and you've got the option to buy a card we've got a pretty low price at the moment because we're like obviously obviously launching 
but also like you can you can join our launch group as well if you dm if you dm us uh on on that on that page and we're building some new features for you but more exciting than that you can be literally alongside us on this journey of creating wing like creating a new innovative solution to to networking and we're, we're massively excited to be on this journey we feel like it would be huge so we really want you guys to as well join us on the journey please do check out our website as well we've got a special launch price at the moment it's not going to be around for long uh, at the time it, it is 14.99 free shipping in the uk as well people are loving the cards so you don't want to miss out basically uh check out the card check out the website all that stuff and yeah any feedback is very welcome Thank you so much for staying to the very end of the podcast. I know it might be quite difficult to listen to given it's literally just one person talking. But yeah, it's a good experience for me just talking on my own in a room. I know it's a bit weird, but hey-ho, it's the job. It's quite fun to do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a way of saying thank you, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode um, as well. And let me know if any of these steps, any of these tricks uh, helped you to basically like yeah redefine your business reevaluate what you're doing as a business because it really changed my mindset when it came to this sort of thing so yeah please be sure to let me know and if you want to see more of these solo episodes let me know that as well just dm us on uh, at millennial entrepreneur pod uh follow us on instagram all that stuff and just yeah my dms are always open you can always message me on there and i'll get back to you if you want to know more about the steps, you know, if you want to see it more visually, you know, I talked about a few a few frameworks, so you can actually see them, you know, visually, like how they look. Obviously, this is audio uh, podcast, so if you want to see like how they actually look, the link to my blog is in my bio on Instagram. So just click the bio, and it will take you to the blog that you can check out. And the blog name is literally called "Why Your Customers Don't Love Your Product." It will be in the description as well below if you want to check out. So thank you so much again for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.